you're going to have to fluff me today, Mr. Silverman. Why? Because I am not in the mood. How about this? How yeah. about this? Vigo Mangina. Tell me more about him. Well, Squelch, Spodge, sn- Snooge. No, right. Here's, here's, what, here's what's going to happen, right, from now oh, on. Oh, I'm Vilgo. Vilgo, that's more damp sounding. Vilgo Manchwana. Stop just saying <laughs> Vil- shit. I'm fucking fluffing I need, you. I need better. Vilgo Manchludo. I need you to spit in your hand and get me all fucking worked up for today. All right, how about this? I need this? to slather your palm and saliva. I've got one question then for you. Yeah. Who am the panty man? Who am the panty man? Why? It is Vigo Casplati. <laughs> He loves it. He's on board with the panty man. Who am? Who am? Who, who am the panty man? Why, it's Vigo Hampersand. Paul, who am the panty man? <laughs> Vigo Ampersand. There you yes. go. I've got the name down now. Vigo Ampersand, the Vigo- panty man. What does he do? Is well, it horrible? You don't, yeah, you don't In that know. case, let's end that character there then, shall we? Well, he, you know. I wish to do a more wholesome show from this point okay, on. Okay, what's I, a wholesome character we can have? Um, cupcake. Cupcake. Mag- cup, c- cupcake. Father Cupcake. Ah, hello. I'm Father Cupcake. Oh, and I'm Bunty... Bunty... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bunty Cake... Cake Willow. And we're going to give you some wholesome entertainment this Ooh, week what do I have? I have show. Do you know I have a folder, uh, but it's a powder folder. Do you want to start this one again? I'm not feeling it. <laughs> no, Viljo McSchmerzen. No, it's not. We need to have <laughs> words. We have the panty no, man. We, Eli, we need to have no, words. No, we don't. We do. No, we actually... Re- to do a podcast... Words are quite important. Words? I have words. What words do you need from me? It's weird being back in this... We've done so many episodes where we've been like in a studio, out and about. The, but now envision. we're back in the sweaty old palace of ham, spam, eggs, spam, bacon, spam, spam and eggs. I think we've used all the words we can on this podcast. I think we're out of words. Just one thing. Yeah. Who am? Who am the panty man? Who am... I've actually been working on this. Can you just... It- isn't not it? punch the mic of your stupid head because you're it was doubled over with your own humour. Do you know how pathetic that is at to le- find yourself that funny? At least someone does. Yeah, well, guess who I'm not the panty man. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm not the panty man. All right? You am not. You, you am, am not. not. Let's just get this fucking podcast All right. going. All right. I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. just a fact of Cheap Show you're going to have to learn to fucking accept. Cheap Show. Off-brand brand, off-brand brand, off. Cheap, 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 cheap. Cheap Show. It's the price of shite. Silverman. Welcome to Cheap Show. And I go and I nuzzle. So, following on from the last week's little walkabout, impromptu walkabout episode, Paul. Yeah, it was nice, that. Uh, didn't someone say it was an airfield? There was one nearby. Right. That part of um, the town has lots of airfields, because when we were out um, doing the other end of the Selendine Walk, that was an airfield right down there, wasn't it? It was up around there, yeah, it was. <sighs> Talk about fucking planes on our podcast. Stop, what? do better. What? Stop, <laughs> do better. Stop prodding me. You didn't even say hello. My name is Eli hello, Silverman. Because is... you do that stuff. All right, hello. My name is Eli Silverman. And I'm Paul Gannon. And welcome to Cheap Show, the economy comedy podcast where we go through the bargain bins, the charity shops, and basements. 
bonanzas. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Basement bonanzas. Oh, I had a basement bonanza. I found a great little basement bonanza the other day. Yeah. Went down there. Yeehaw! I was running around in the basement in my undies. You've got nothing this week, haven't you? You've got I, nothing. Uh, I've invented a whole catchphrase. I kind of feel like there's what? something we need to say, and I don't know what it is. I kind of feel like there's something I should mention at this point. No, there's Other nothing. Other than the fact that, congratulations once again to Star Knight Light for winning your Envision a few weeks ago. Yes. The trophy is on its way to him, and uh, he wanted a few magazines from Cheap Show magazine uh, sent his way. So we're going to organise that to him. Well done to you once again, sir. Congratulations. What a fantastic track. Who was the winner the first uh, time we did Your Envision? I can't remember that. Uh, I mean, it were, mate, you, you put me on the spot Not who now. was the winner, but which was the winning song then? We know it was... It was Country Urban Between. Newton. Yeah, Between. And then the next year he did uh, Country Urban New with Tesla Kitchen. But that didn't a, win the next No, that, was just a, that wasn't entered into competition. That no. was a kind of Brucey bonus. That was good Brucey bonus. And then we had Lee Spence year, win the year after that with... with. Um, <laughs> Nostalgia's going to get you. That's the one. And then this year, it was hot the, sauce wrap. the hot sauce wrap. Yeah. I th- so I think my favourite's still the first year we did it. I don't know. They've all been great songs, and hopefully we'll do it again next year, provided I don't have a massive mental nervous breakdown beforehand and after, and during. And just constantly, low-level mental breakdown. Yeah. That's I, your I, ne- that's, I don't want to break this to you. Yeah. But that's what we all called you. Low-level breakdown, man. Yeah. Yeah. We go, oh, Paul, a low-level mental breakdown. Gannon's coming back in it's the It's funny room. how I can have, like, mini mental breakdowns on an almost weekly basis now. It's great. <laughs> no, it really helps me. <laughs> Enthuse. Oh, you am the panty man. I've you decided. am not. I am not the panty man. <laughs> I think you am. Who am the panty man? Not this man. Not I the panty man. I think you am. Is, we'll Gannon, see. Wait, is Gannon the panty man? <laughs> yes. Panty man Gannon. Yes. Which actually sounds like a really crap <laughs> reggae artist. But... <laughs> The, the, let's not get into. Let's not get. We're gonna. We're gonna have to get into that later anyway. Foreshadowing. For just slight spoiler warning. We're doing platters today, and um, this might be the most unhinged and certainly the kind of like off kilter, odd collection we've had so far. It really is three pieces of horrendous crap, but they're all really terrible in their own way. In, at be- least. in their own specific beautiful ways, they are all truly. Gut churning music. Yeah, no, I think there's that one that is pretty ugly all all together. Apart from the sleeve design, which is strangely pleasing on that one. Strangely pleasing, but ultimately, end of the day, it's what matters in your ears that counts. And And that's indeed what this podcast does, because it is the comedy economy podcast for your ears. Yes, but if you if you support the the show on Patreon, there's all sorts of audio visual, audio visual. I like how you think you're helping with I'm the helping. podcast admin right now, but it's like it's like watching someone drown at a distance. I want to help, but you're too far out and I Don't. can't swim. Moving on. Okay, I can move on. Uh, I'm fine. I'm here to support you this week, Paul. You're not. I know you've had a tough <laughs> one. Fucking... No. I don't. I don't like seeing you have a little mini weekly mental breakdown either. I call it my Wednesday wobble, and it's, <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. Such a lot of fun. I think a lot of people in the pleasant in the pleasant climate, not the pleasant climate, the present climate. I'm the pleasant fucker's son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the pheasant plucker. Yeah, I'm the pheasant plucker's son. And I won't stop plucking pheasants till the pheasant, pheasant plucking's pluck done. done. No. And on a f- certain Wednesdays. I want to mention I want to mention this anyway. I put it up on Twitter just before we start recording. But what the fuck is the with a John Wayne Gacy copy? I am Poco, whatever the clown is painting right in the window. Right in the window. Of the one around the corner from me. Yeah. Um, I think that the people who work there are brilliant volunteers, uh, but I don't think they have a lot of um, 
engagement with the sort of internet culture where people like Gacy have become notorious, let's say. Do you see what I mean? Put it this way. I don't completely understand that they saw that and didn't know it was a copy of a piece of work by a famed serial killer. Clown. I don't think so, no. No. Otherwise, they would have said, let's not put that in there. However... With that being said, it is still a disgustingly haunting, nightmarish image that I don't think you should put in your window regardless of who painted it. Yeah, but then you're talking about a matter of taste, you know. Yeah, and my taste is don't put weird, scary clowns in your shop window. It is off-putting. I bet it'd be snapped up by some weirdo. Anyway, that... That is the same charity shop. It's why I love that charity shop. It has a proper funk. It has a funk aesthetic. In that, you can go in there and they have literal, like, half-used bottles of shampoo in there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no. And that's not, that is not the mainstream as far as charity shops. It is not a mainstream shop. It's about as far away from Oxfam. I mean, Oxfam, a lot of them, 50% of the shop is just, you know, product, new product. Moomin's stuff or... Yeah, uh, which is brand new. Which is... Fine. But also you look at shelter. A lot of shelters now are revamping their image as well. And that leads to uh, an almost sterile look when you it's go in. It's sterile. And I think Oxfam becomes sterile. I mean, Oxfam make up for it by having those fantastic um, music and book special Depending shops. on where you go. But those are often extremely good. Oh, and overpriced. Uh, <laughs> just, just putting that out there. There um, was that one in Cambridge. It was all records, wasn't there? Yeah. That was nice. And that's like that charity shop in Cambridge we used to go to all the time, which was just, again, similar to the one around the corner, just full of random mad shit. Yeah. Mad, 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 mad stuff. And I, that was my favourite one to go in. Personally, and I think in terms of us as a podcast, Paul, we prefer the more funky end of the scale, don't we? It's it's fine. I get it. Charity shops are getting a resurgence. They want to look respectable on the high street. They revamp. They want to look modern, inviting. Get it. However, none of them have the same draw as a what the fuck's that in that yeah. box type of charity shop. Which we all we grew up in. on and love. And that is the adventure. That is the... Like that one in... Cha- the romance. In, that one in Cambridge. There used to be a box in the corner that was just full of pants. Underpants. Please don't let them be second-hand. They wouldn't be. There's tights in that one around the corner for me. That's it. That's the mark of a proper funky... funky... Knickers. Knickers and undies. Well, just someone who's got a box of one thing. Like those... The uh, porcelain rabbit, magician rabbit things. Yeah, there's like a whole... They've still got loads of They've got loads of them in there still. It's madness. Where do they even come from? Where does it even go? It's obviously old stock that people just go, oh, I have this. Yeah. Some of my favourite things have been just those crap crimes. like old promotional items so someone business is shut down and they've got a bunch of whatever you know flight bags yeah. it, with their logo on if you go to just... a charity shop and you can see the what, any of these items you know you found a good one if you find a charity shop that has medical bandages in there <laughs> tick right yeah. if you find one with a lot of donated old baby technology like bottle washes or milk breast pumps check yeah big bag of knickers Check. They've all got all of that around the corner. Random disassociated measurement jugs. Check. And finally, Toby jugs. Great stuff. If you get a Toby jug in a charity shop, you found a good one. Great stuff. And the works of Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. Well, again, a bit of of foreskin shadowing. Foreskin shadowing. (laughs) Foreskin shadowing. So you just pull the hood out. Or you could do a little puppet show. You could. So you get someone at the right angle to your foreskin. Yeah. And then... Oh, who would you'd have? It's a two-man. It's a two-man two job. Yeah, you'd need you'd need someone with very small little hands. Puppets. Jeremy Beadle could work at <laughs> my cock flap. I'd let Jeremy. He's a professional. He's a professional broadcaster for years. And so. you know, game for a laugh. Yeah, and he would definitely be 
my top pick for being wanked off. No, <laughs> no, not puppetry of the penis. Shadow puppetry of the shadow foreskin. puppetry of the foreskin, and that would be a Mate. big. Shh. Stum, stum, sit on no, that. No, we here's, should. Here's no, thing. Don't even that would be a big out. hit in America. That could be huge. Because in America, they're not big on foreskins. I'll have to get my foreskin enlarged. I'll do it. I'll I'm, do I, it I've started course. weighting it down with pegs oh, and weights. Oh, you already have? Yeah, I take a clothes peg and I tie it to a weight on a string and I just clip it on the end and I just walk around naked in my oh, flat yeah? getting the drag on. Yeah. Getting the drag on. Getting the old drag on. Is that, that what they call it? Yeah. I mean, that sounds like something else entirely. Yeah, it sounds like a Welsh pub. But it's not. It is my now... Oh, I'm going down the dragon. My now Windsockian foreskin. <laughs> now that is a neologism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, Windsockian yeah. foreskin. Windsockian foreskin. Windsockian foreskin. And I put it up for sale. Windsockian foreskin. Windsockian foreskin. Yeah, but you're making it sound like the advert for Sylvanian families. Windsockian foreskin. And you can meet Mr. Snail... And that's 10 minutes. We are now done with the opening cold open. We are oh, going to do platters and we're going to do right now a little dive into some cheap eats. Let's get right into okay. it. Okay. Cheap eats, cheap, 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 Eats. And that is our brand new official jingle for Cheap Beats 2026. Come back when we're still doing the show by then. Unless one of us is dead. <laughs> could, could happen. Well, you could have such a severe little mental... Who do you think's going to go first out of you and me? I don't want to talk about that, Paul. See, I, least... I, odds are good that it's you. Just because of the way you live, the way you look, Look, shut up. At... You eat plastic. Yeah, but you drink that's too gonna... much. That's not... I, I blacked out the other day. I... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving be... on. Do not be bringing the Whereas, dirty linen. I'm more likely to die suddenly out of something weird happening. Like, he was fine yesterday, but then his brain burst. Well, you just located your finger in your sleep. Yeah, it was fucking that's weird. Bizarre. That. Waking up to howling agony as my finger was wedged between the bed and the wall. And I just popped it out and then cracked it back in again. What a way to start your day. And that was a Wednesday. Not great. That's your mental bump day, isn't it? It's my wobble Wednesday. Wobbly Wednesday. Now, Paul, just to pick you up on something. Yes. I may have got blackout drunk the other day. You could leave this alone. You don't have to go into it, by the way. I just want to tell everyone. Could have just been a weird thing. Every, side that the audience every single at, week. Out of context. I have at least. Really go into I have it, at least three days. Defend, 72 hours really where I don't touch a back. drop. Yeah, well, I don't touch a drop of alcohol. Yeah, but. Paul, and people yeah, say that's good for you. Is it? Yes, because it gives you time to fucking get ready for the next massive binge on the weekend. <laughs> gives your liver some run-up, you know? I, I just worry about you, you know? I know, thank you, I Paul. I just worry I'm... about you because, you know, I'm... on my Honestly, own, I would be a massive failure. I couldn't do this on my own. Well, that's nice of you to say, Paul. It's true. I'm gonna, e- I... Everyone universally would hate me if I was on my own talking about this stuff. Just well, universally. I don't think. I think they'd probably just ignore you. I think people only really like me in any respect. Because they look at you and they go, well, at least he's not that. (laughs) Shut up. No one says that. They do think I'm some kind of a troll. I'll be honest with you. Wobble Wednesdays may have become Trouble Tuesdays. Troubling Tuesdays. (laughs) Trouble Tuesdays, which is the day we're recording on this week. We are on a Tuesday. Trouble Tuesday. We're on a Tuesday this week, Paul. I'm doing my best to stay alive for at least another cup till we get to, you know, episode 500. If we can get to 500 and then tap out with our deaths then, I reckon that's perfect. (laughs) I reckon that'd be a perfect way to go. How old would we be? About 80 by then. Fuck no. it, whatever. 
<laughs> we won't be 80. No, what we'll are we on now? 350 almost. We're getting forward to 350 in September. And so. that was eight years to get to there. Yeah, but we've got to remember, two years we were monthly, then fortnightly, and then after that we went weekly. So it's not exactly comparable. It'll be quicker. But it'd be, it's 50 to one episode a year, right? I reckon we'll get to 500 in about three or four years. So what? you'll be 50. Yeah, 51. And I'll be like 48 or something. That's where I am now. I'm oh, 48. Fuck me. It's so hot and sticky here. This episode's over. I want to die. <laughs> no, it's cheap eats. Let's let's console ourselves and our encroaching mortality with. They some... can't all be winners, boys and girls. Some episodes are traumatic, right. but it's important to realise that these are just heightened versions of how we really feel. This is just for amusements, isn't it? Mm. It's all for fun, isn't it? Eli? It's for fun. Funny amusements. I just feel so hot. I am the panty man. <laughs> Who am? Who am the panty man? I am the panty man Ganon. I am panty man Ganon. Muller corner. Right. Panty man. <laughs> oh, imagine you had panty man. Who am panty man? I imagine him as the new queef huffer. Panty man. Yes. Got knickers for every occasion. Boxers to muffle. Uh, y fronts to uh, restrain. Oh, he's got all sorts of pant-based um, accoutrements. Thongs to kind of fire away. Yeah. You could have everything. You could front... You could have hardened pups. All right. I don't want to get into scat. If I'm going to launch anything from... Uh, hardened pups. All right. Hardened bulls. No, of... there's not going to be any poo or wee based. It is all clean What about clean discharge? Fabric. They Fan... might, they might be used. You could have some kind of special ice tray where he puts fanny charge in, fanny discharge in. And... <laughs> he, makes... <laughs> he makes guns bullets out of fanny juice. And then he's got a super alive. Who am the panty man, Paul? You know, one day I'm going to keep you alive just long enough so you can see me boil your heart outside of your chest in a pan of water. How, how could you do that? Easy. I you drug need you. You a lot of medical, uh, medical equipment. I'll figure it out. All good serial killers do, don't they? You should go they buy do that their painting. research. You should go and buy that Poco painting and say, who are you, sir? And I'll say, I am panty man. Does it say Poco on the painting? Yeah, I says I am Poco. And Poco was definitely Gacy's. Clown I think name. so. I think so. All I know is that whatever that painting is, it's either a shit copy or a reprint. Either way, why would anyone want that apart from our most troubled of individuals? <laughs> now, segue. Segue. Oh yeah, we're doing cheap eats. Here's our first one. It's horror based. So this one came in a box. Now. I am very sorry because a few P.O. boxes all came at once. I had to do a flat cleanup. Things got moved around. This either came from Kyle Rowe, who sent us a bunch of stuff, and we'll get into that in another episode, or it came from... Um, oh, hang on, I've got a book. Or it came from B from last week, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, or it came from um, Shauna and Sean from Germany, who sent me that big box of spunk. <laughs> not the real box of man ejaculate but those candies we had that i really really liked they managed to get a huge big box of them and send them my way with a few other ga- gummies which sorry i've already eaten what were they like a percy pig knockoff and that unicorn gummy thing oh how were they they're fine the vegan nice. uh, vegan percy pig was surprisingly lovely for a vegan candy mm. which often don't do very well really what's the problem usually with vegan candy not the, the, the they, textures the wrong. texture's wrong and the, and the flavor feels weird those and, were good yeah really uh. good uh and so a big box of those spunks which are delicious i've uh, got two boxes of spunk as well uh and they gave us a few other things as well and i don't know if that these snacks came from that or not however they have come in a recent po box and we thank you thank you very much now these i can see are manufactured our first item on cheap eats today paul yeah uh 
um, manufactured by a company called Perry, P-E-R-R-Y-I. Talk into the mic, please. P-E-R-R-Y-I. And it says established 1958. And these are from Ireland. Oh. So are these some kind of competitor to Tato? And we had a mixed bag of Tato's well, on the last episode, didn't we? And B did send Tato to us. So maybe Tato and this is a whole thing. It's well, Irish branding. Well, this is a different brand that I've never seen. No. And these are Perry, and it's a little bloke with a moustache, and he's wearing a, a little chef's, chef's hat. hat. Yeah. How many mascots for food across the world I are mean, there? that's when you've just given up conceptually. You're just like, oh, I need to come up with something oh, for this. That's when the board of generals on your food company are just a bunch of fat old white men who still think advertising is based on what OXO did in the 1930s. It is basically a sort of racial stereotype, again, is that it? Italian it, thing it, or French? It's like isn't Italians it? or French are cooks, sort yeah. of thing. Are, are you know? And what that kind gonna, of what would a British alternative be? Just what? It would there's be no a greasy spoon, fat bloke, yeah. with a pinny on, with a yeah. fang out of his. Well, mouth. that's the thing, isn't it? I know we come, we circle round to this a lot when we talk about food on this show, Paul. But yeah. the culture in this country was so fucking shit in the seventies and the eighties yeah. in terms of like. The quality of the cuisine was terrible, wasn't it? And anything, even like Italian food or st- Mediterranean stuff like hummus, was seen as hugely weird and exotic. Even pasta. Yeah. I remember when pasta was shocking to have. I Isn't mean, that so I weird? I remember my first like bolognese meal with pasta. I was like, what is this? Yeah, this crazy sauce on Mother, noodles. we should be shunned at the working men's club. <laughs> you know? Anyway, these are Banshee Bones which I presume is the brand. How have we done 10 minutes of this? What the fuck? Because we're having fun, Paul. And we're having a little moment away from our mental health, stroke, physical health, don't stroke, want addiction it. problems. I want people to see the scars of my mental health. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm getting into it. I'm moving this forward All now. Right. You am panty man. I am panty man. Uh, <laughs> uh, Banshee Bones. And it's quite a scary for a... Packet crisp, quite a scary lady. She's yeah. a hag or a, a ghoul. What do we think? Well, it's a banshee. Ah, well <laughs> done. <Fucking idiot. laughs> Sherlock, well done, yeah. Watson. Now, <laughs> what's that thing that's on the packet that she looks like? Oh, yes. But what the is thing a... on the packet that she looks like? Now, banshee is Irish, isn't it? As in banshees of Inniskirum. It's an Irish folk demon. Right? I think, yes. Essentially. It's certainly, yeah. I think, at least Celtic or something. It's, it's a Celtic it's, folk yeah. demon. Very much like a zombie vampire or witch. It's like a witch witch crossed with a kind of siren. But this one is very blue, looks giving it an undead tinge. But what is it? What does it? What is the snack? What does it say? Oh, there's a a little bits of uh, graveyard there. That's no great. Adding to the undead sort of vibe. The aesthetic of the pack, all well and good. But what is the actual thing we're eating? We haven't gone into that. What kind? I thought they were going to be like those. um, What are those? I keep forgetting the fucking name of those. Tarkies. Tarkies. I thought it was a Tarky knockoff. What's the flavour? Salt and vinegar. So it's not even like it's, it's a a, like extreme salt and vinegar. I or... think, you know, it's maize. So these are Monster like, Munch. Oh, all are like chipsticks. From the little feely fields, I'm getting at the, I'm feeling these are Monster Munch. Banshee Munch. Bosh them open. Banshee Munch. £1.25, Bosh them open. Goblin Munch. Bosh them open. You know? Goblin Mo- Munch. Go- Goblin Munch. I am panty, man. <laughs> right, I'm going to give it enough, enough. All right. I'm giving it enough, enough hole. Oh, I've made a tiny little enough, enough hole. Tiny little incision. Now I'm, 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 st- Pinching the nuff nuff hole that I've already made, just for anyone who's following along at home. Pinching the nuff nuff hole closed with my oh, it's fingers. Tuesday for Paul. <laughs> and I'm giving it, look at this. I'm reinvent, reinvigorating the nuff nuff air around all of the uh, objects. And now, 
for the Nuff Nuff injection, everybody. This is the moment you've been waiting for. Right up my nostril. Oh, I'm getting a sort of paint thinner sort Ooh, of thing. Really? Can I have a snuff? Yeah, of course. Oh. No, it's a salt and vinegar flavour. Yeah, it's a salt and vinegar flavour. Salt and vinegar, vinegar on the nose. It's very cheap salt and vinegar flavour. Yes, flavor. that's it's the sort very... of artificial thing I was picking up and on. And they yeah. do look like little, I guess, like bones, but they actually look like angel poos you get in packaging. Oh, little um, packaging peanuts yeah. is what you're talking about. I thought they, I, actually, I thought they textually feel like well. <laughs> He's put one in. He's put one in. Oh, yeah. they. Oh, I suppose. What are they meant to be like? Bones, though. Mm. Right, put the crisp down now because I'm sick of having to edit around you talking and eating. They're quite nice. They're cheap. They have that same kind of cheap, crisp flavour and texture, but are they unpleasant? No. They're, they're uh, fine. Corn, that cheap, they're like a Transformer snack or one of those. Yeah, that like that. Like that. Or Space Raider. Rather than that, they don't have that real nice aerated crunch that mm, a proper a Monster yeah, Munch has. Yeah, like a Monster Munch crunch. They're softer, yeah. aren't they? Oh, they're all right. I, I like those. I, ooh, what are we going to give it? I wonder what other flavours they have. Oh, we could look it up, but I don't want no. to. I mean, maybe we'll come across them again. Maybe we will. And maybe the Panty Man will be there that day to save us as well. My guess is those are sort of like an Irish equivalent to Monster Munch. I mean, they are horror-based, even though Monster Munch is much more on the funny side. Yeah, because you know what? If I closed the pack and then said, have one, and told you it was pickled onion, yeah, would you think that flavour was pickled onion? It's because very close, isn't it? You're it's right. very close to it, like a, that. Specifically, the Monster Munch pickled onion. Now, do you want to have the drink now to sort of clear our throats or um, clear our palates, rather? Or should we go straight on to my noodle adjacent one? Straight into that. Now, we've done things like this before, Paul. This is, I picked up yesterday. I was actually hanging around at Barnet and um, North Finchley Way. Yeah. Uh, where we did the original um, quest. Quest. Wa- walking about. I was up around there. Because there's a few nice little charity shops up around there. Yes. Well, I bought some of the uh, the uh, discs up round there. Oh, up round there. Round <laughs> there. Yeah. And I came round here. Now, what is this? Baby Star Crispy Ramen Snack. Because people, these are snacks that came out of people... Just eating raw cakes raw. of instant noodle. Yes. And then they I started... Mean, I, I presume that's healthy to do anyway. It's fine because they are already cooked. As we know, instant ramen is flash fried. Yes. And that's what make, gives it, and it's cooked essentially. And then you just sort of reinvigorate it with the boiling or, or, or freshly boiled water. Right. So it is fine to eat as, as I mean, not that you would. but You it's would, like, I would. Fair enough. But like, this is what they've done here is they've taken that idea, smushed it all up and added flavouring to it, right? Yes. So like crisps have salt and vinegar and, and uh, barbecue or whatever. This brand, Baby Star, seem to have different versions of like ramen dishes, Japanese ramen dishes. So tonkotsu. So what's this one then? Is the is the white bone broth? Yes, uh, that's one. right. Yeah, yeah. Piece, the pork little broth. rondelles of pork in. I love right, that. Whip it open. Give it a, and give a little it. half a tea egg. There's a little photo on this to give you an idea of what it also could have been. Now tonkotsu has a lovely salty umami flavour. The broth. Let's see I don't if that... you've had that before, and I don't know how that's we have had trans- tonkotsu with the Nissan ones. We the did. Nissan black garlic. That's tonkotsu. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very good, very good. Yes. Now, go on, open gonna, it up. And I'm going to use the technique I used before. Yeah. I'm pinching the little, the snuff s- It's spigot. called pinch to shake off. It smells like an instant noodle. Yeah, really does. Really, really does. He's doing a similar thing. He's blowing some snuff air up his nozzles. 
Yeah, it does just smell like you just opened the a Nissan box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I'm going to open this up, you fucker. Get open. Oh, it's a tiny hole. Um, they had other flavours there, like a spicy, but I thought this was the most interesting. And uh, you look in the pack and it is just very thin strands of instant noodle. The other form that these instant ramen snacks come in are cubes. You remember the cube? They do cubes that sort yeah. of glued together. But I, I think, think I think prefer. Do you? But this is very much like something you'd get in a Bombay mix. Isn't it? How's the taste on that? Oh, nice. Oh, there's a sweetness. Oh, and a lot of, oh, yeah, like a deep, savoury. Oh, that's nice. A nice porky. It's sweet and porky. Sweet and porky. Which is what they used to call me in school. When he took me for dinner (laughs) to meet his wife and two kids because I got on well with them. Weird. The kids were called sweet and porky. (laughs) Hello, I'm sweet. And I'm porky. (laughs) Want to play in our treehouse? Oh, I'm... Cake McGee! Woo, woo. You can't, no, you can't throw in a new character called Cake McGee. I'm not allowing it. I want Cake McGee to live! You know what? If we did release a spin-off podcast called Eli Silverman's Mad Mouth Hour, where you can just get all this fucking shit out of your system... I don't know if I could rein it in during the normal podcast. Would, you, would I have to be sober during these normal podcasts? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Hello, Paul. Yes. Hello. Okay. I want wholesome entertainment. Okay. Hello. Hello. Okay. Hello. Right, should we taste... Like, like a normal podcast, like, like normal, a normal people podcast. do. Yes, okay. Yes, okay. You know, where they no, use words... No, no, no. no it's fine. Fine. And, and sentences. No, you Critical won't. Whole rest theory. of the episode... Whole rest of the... There's a little promise. A little promise to you. Whole rest of the episode, no noises from me, no, no, no nonsense words, okay? Teehee, I'm still going to be the panty man. I'm the panty man. That's nicked. Now. Yeah, from uh, Juicy Jeremy. I'm the panty man. You can't have another copy I've a, character. I've got to call a new cow. I've got to come up with a new Paul. I've got to come up with a new one. Oh. No. Oh, I'm the panty man. No, I can't do that. Ooh, I'm, ooh, I'm Cakey McGee. Ooh. I'm the panty man. I can't do that one. <laughs> I, I will not be doing any new characters. Um, okay, on to the next. So, the snacks keep on coming. What have we got now? Now, this, it's hard to see what this is called, but it it caught my eye. Again, up in Barnet, High Barnet I was, Paul. Yeah. Looking around. This is the epitome of cheap eat, right? This is nuts. I can't tell. Because it's not even an old brand. I don't know what this passion is. Oh, sorry. Passion? (laughs) That's what it's called, Le Passion. Le Passion of the Panty Man. Uh, and it has a character. Is it the panty? Uh, and it is a lady. Looks like a late or a little girl in a green bonnet with yellow yellow hair tied back. It's super sweet. I'm the panty man, and the panty man's gonna come to you. <laughs> I'm the sweetest second panty man. Oh, I think we've answered the question, everyone. What? Who am the panty man? I'm the panty man. <laughs> That's him. That's him. Uh, I will suffer for my sins. On the cross, I will be the passion of the penny man. Good. Now, are you ready? To <laughs> just if you could just go into the waiting room. All right then. <laughs> good. What? Bye. We are good. We Do know. Have any sexy unused just panties got t- that just, I can add to my arsenal? There's just tea and coffee in there, really. We don't keep clothing on the site. You got any clean panties down here? You're from nice, sexy, <laughs> dirty panties. Yeah, I could have. Oh. Panty man. Oh, is that what he is? Use panties. Oh. And I can smell some coming from your room. There's a nice beet root. Oh, right. go, in the, go in the house of pickles. How about that? Oh, he's, he's like a pig in shit. <laughs> he's 
snuffs them out. He snuffles them out like a Good. like truffles. Well, at least you'll be distracted there for a little while. <laughs> I've got a panty truffle snuffling new character. Well, at least we discovered who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Now. I am the pain man. <laughs> he is. He certainly is. Now. Super sweet. <laughs> I'm glad you you workshopped it. You arrived yeah, at something. Yeah, yeah. It I'm works. Not particularly right. happy. Next, what's this? <laughs> Can we please get onto this. I mean, basically, they're just potato sticks, right? Now, this bag. is a, a transparent package containing what looked like ordinary potato stick. Now, what is the British equivalent of these? Because they're not chip sticks and they're not they're not fries. Well, no, because a lot of like like supermarkets will have things exactly like this, just under a packet of potato sticks. That's what they're called. Yeah, they they're never had thin. one brand that they stuck to. But these are simply potato chips in the form of these well, like po- fries. Spikes. I like fries. Little spiky, tiny little twi- matchstick Yeah, matchsticks. Okay. Like potato chip matchsticks. This is crack to me, though. When I it love it. It comes to like bare, yeah. basic, whatever, in a bowl, not even thinking about it, just pounding it into my mouth as I'm editing. This is my, like, jam. Yeah. But uh, th- what what is unusual about this is what you're about to explain, right? This is a transparent packet. La Passion, like I say, is the brand. Yeah. Um, but what caught my eye was it has a little sachet of ketchup Why? in there with the crisps. It's not like... And I'm guessing this isn't actually liquid ketchup, but is... No, that's liquid ketchup. Why would you have liquid... What, how because are we going to get it on? thinks the plan is... It's not like salt and shake where you pour it into the bag and move it around, because that would be disgusting. It's more like you have it on a plate or a dish and you dip your little chipstick into it, which is not something I think is common practice for this kind of snack. Weird. But that's the plan. To treat it like it's a bowl of, you know, chips, french fries. Like it's like french fries, yeah. So it's like a french fry pretend french fry thing. Almost like play food, I guess. Weird. Because I'd imagine maybe there's one with mayo in. Possibly, yes. Or brand sauce. It's amazing. It's an amazing innovation. If it no, works. it's not an innovation. No, to if throw wet in a sauce, ca- come on. It's, it's not- like salt and shake, but with wet sauce, Paul. No, it's, it's huge. Not- this is huge for us. It's not. This no, is it's huge. really not. This is huge for the podcast, it's though. Really you have to admit not, that. Though. This is a whole new form of crisp and sauce fusion that... Don't confuse it with fucking high-end food. Like it's a No, it's not high-end. I'm talking about the concerns of this podcast. How do we shift all these potato snacks? Ah, fucking banging a ketchup sachet. The other thing I want to say about these type of uh, matchstick fry things, I've passed them, is do you know in South America, Venezuela especially, and I think they do it in Cuba, the hot dogs... And I think they do it in Brazil. Hot dog, you'll have ketchup, mustard, whatever, and onions. But then they put those, those crisps, in the hot dog bun with yeah. the sausage. Have you ever had that? Yeah. I like that. That's, That's great. Like. So what I don't understand, there's a little kind of seal here or something which says... Del Sabor. Maybe that's the name of the company. This, Del Sabor, this, this yeah. weird thing. Um, it's a company. and uh, Translate Spanish. Oh, it's a Spanish company, I think. Hello, we are the craftsmen of flavour. Yeah, <laughs> artisanal del sabor, yes. Yeah, we make the best artisan foods in Spain from goat sh- and sheep cheeses to hand-canned preserves. So it is high-end. But but this, ah. I mean, it's a different logo, but, but it's the same company name. Well, they must have changed their logo at some stage. So how long are these crisps been banging about then? I don't know. They were £1.69. Let me see if they're still in date. Yeah, maybe no, this is just still some... in date. There's no mention of the packet. Of sauce. Weird. I don't understand. This don't... also relates to the I fact that on the continent, Paul, yeah. the most the most popular flavour of crisp is... What? Tomato ketchup, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. So I'm not going to bother Mate, with... Mate, the... there's loads of fucking companies with that like, name. 
with different, vastly different Weird. logos. Perhaps it's just sort of a generic. It's like Acme or something. Is it's it a, a generic... phrase like to say the best of value? Yeah, it's or like something. saying uh, the, the the artisans of flavor. Like. Oh yeah, why don't I just translate that? Why? It's the artisans of flavor, the artists of flavor, the producers of flavor, the manufacturers of flavor, oh, the craftsmen even... of flavor, basically. Yeah. The top craftsman of flavour. Now it says it's Mexican. Oh, I don't know. Either it, way, it's a it's a conundrum. Right, very strong uh, vegetable oil yeah. smell coming off those. They all smell the same. I know same. what these are going to taste like. It's yeah. fine, but I'm but fine But we with need it. to open the ketchup and try them together. No, you oh, do. They're very I don't salty. give a fuck. You don't want to. No, nah, I don't want to dip it in shit cheap ketchup, which tastes like daddy's. I know what it's going to taste like. I think I'm more confused by its existence than actually its need to contain ketchup to improve its flavour profile. But could you do it with other things? Could you do it with like Monster Munch and like a little chili sauce? Yeah, you never think of really. I mean, it's not big in this country. Again, crisps or uh, the culture in Britain was always crisps as a little lunch thing or yeah. like an individual. Pack. You know what? I'm bored of this product, mate. Actually, stop. Now. I'm stop with bored this. Of it. I'm, so I'm tasting move it. On to the final no, thing. I'm tasting it. You taste it while I talk about the last thing. I Look, it's ketchup's coming out. It's just boring fucking potatoes with ketchup <laughs> in a sachet. They're saying you get in a greasy spoon calf. I don't. We're not. It's not a same pushing as grease... boundaries here. We are. We're not. Paul, why do you have to poo-poo everything? Because you've just poured a lot of shit ketchup on a lot of crisps that I might have liked to and tried it later. Well, but now I don't want to fish. I don't want to. I don't want to. I absolutely don't want to touch that shit. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, great. No, now you've made half decent bland snacks unedible with that shit ketchup. Yeah, quite nice actually. Nice and salty. Eat them and stop talking. Do you want to try? No. All right, go on to the last thing then. Stop chewing and then I'll continue talking. I'm not having your fucking adenoidal gobshite breath breathing down the microphone as you guzzle down more fucking potato product. Wow. <laughs> Fuck me. Jesus. Right, so here's the th- fourth and final thing. And it's, I was in a corner shop not too far away from me. And I saw this on a shelf and there were no other bottles of it nearby. Oh, one bottle. It was just this one bottle. It's and a I tiny thought, little bottle as well. I must get it. I must. What is it, 250 milliliters? Oh, no, it's exactly 250, so fair play. So this is a little bottle called Thumbs Up. But it's thumb, Thumbs Up, Thumb Up logo, Thumb, but it's spelled without the B. It's a red thumb, yeah. funnily enough. Because remember that big red plastic thumb full of sherbet we had recently? Oh, yeah. That was red as well. Why are thumbs always portrayed as red? Because they get enraged, don't they, if you fucking mess with them? Big, big... If you fucking thwop them around. Thumb out. You fucking engorged thumb. Thumb your semi in. (laughs) You know what I mean? You have to thumb that semi in. It's all red. You know it. Right. So (laughs) so I've only just done some research on it now because I wasn't quite sure what it was and I had to get it because it was like 50p or something, this. this It doesn't say cola, but it's cola flavoured and it says contains caffeine. Caffeine. So So I got it. Cola coloured rather. It's a brown cola colour. And then something struck me. I have seen this before from a birthday. uh, No, from a partner's birthday. We went to Dishoom, an Indian restaurant. Really nice place. They served this. Uh... And I remember it now because thumb up. Sick, which means it's them. They didn't put the B in, so it's meant to not have a B in. Uh, is an Indian brand of cola. It was introduced in 1977 to offset the withdrawal of the Coca-Cola company from India. The brand was later bought by Coca-Cola, who relaunched it in order to fight against Pepsi to recapture the market in oh, India. Wow, I wonder why Coke had to retreat from India in 77. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I don't know. We There's, don't know, but it must be something going down. Then. I mean, it's probably in this huge Wikipedia yeah. article, but let me just read this next little bit. As of February 2012, Thumb Up is the leader of cola in India. 
commanding approximately 42% market share and an overall 15% market share in the Indian aerated waters market. In 2018, Thumb Up announced that it will launch the beverage in Bangladesh, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and Nepal. And in 2021, the company became a billion-dollar brand in India. Ah. So this little thing I've never heard of before is, is, is huge. huge in India. So hang on. Um, created in 77, after the American company Coca-Cola withdrew from India due to regulations requiring it to disclose its formula. Ah. And so because they went, oh, no, they buggered off out the country. But it shows a- how powerful they are when and how rich they are as a corporation even then. Oh, but guess this. It goes on. And also because they were required to sell 60% of its equity to an Indian company under a government plan for foreign-owned companies to share stakes with domestic partners. Yeah, so they tried to... If you want to come in here and sell our stuff, you've got to sell a line share of it to an Indian company. Yeah. Wow. Funny. And there's lots of other stuff about the history of it there, blah, blah, blah. Now, what do we think what it will be closest in taste to? Uh, it does say here, it was correct. the company was created by two brothers, Chowhan brothers, I hope it's pronounced. And they did like lemon sodas and things like that. But they created this. It became the biggest brand in India, almost a monopoly of cola in India at that time, up against Camper Cola, Double Seven, Dukes, and United Breweries. Um, they developed the formula from scratch, experimental with ingredients such as cinnamon, cardamom, and nutmeg. The company also wanted the drink to be fizzy, even when it was not ice cold, so it could be sold by vendors. After much testing and experimentation, the brothers and their research team created a cola that was fizzier and spicier than Coca-Cola. Ah. And they took the B off the word thumb just to make the name unique. And then again, they brought it back, blah, 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 to combat against Pepsi. Oh, it might be a nice spicy Coke. So there you go, you just don't know. It might be closer to some of those Coca-Cola signature sort of mixing ones they brought out, which had a there was a spicy one of those, wasn't there? And interestingly, they tried to rebrand it in the 2000s to make it a manly drink. And in their adverts, they directly attacked Pepsi, focusing on the strength of the drink, hoping that the depiction of an adult male drink would appeal to young consumers. Grow up to thumb up was a successful Ugh. campaign. And then there's logo and marketing and all these kind of things. But effectively, the logo is blue wrapper with the big red thumb. I mean, there'll be pictures on our website. Let's crack it. Crack it open, mate. That ended up being a lot more interesting than I expected. Well, there's some more. There's ice. You've still got a little bit of ice there, but there's... Right. Just open it. Oh, little bit of fizz. Give it a snuff, snuff. Frankly, it smells like Pepsi. It smells like Pepsi rather than Coke. Definitely. It's a tiny bottle. It's a tiny bottle. Snuff it. You can, it's, it's definitely more Pepsi than is it that, is Coke. Is that more Pepsi? To me, to me it is. To me, it's just a bit of a stronger cola on the nose. Yeah, maybe. Let's have a good go. Oh, I do like that. It's really sweet. It's sweet, but it's also kind of warm and spicy almost. It's got a kind of like autumnal flavour to it. It's any way I can describe it. Mm. You can definitely taste like the bits cinnamon. of spices and the cinnamon. cinnamon. It, the cinnamon's stronger. Nice. That is really nice. I know what you mean. It's more warm. It's less, and it's a lot less uh, tart. It doesn't have that... Um, no, but that, it does. That acrid tartness that they put in Coke, the, yeah. the acid. But I think it does have the Pepsi floor, which is, ooh, nom, 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 but can't drink a whole bottle yeah. of that. Which is explains to me why the bottle's so fucking it's small. Because so, it's, it's too sweet, essentially. Yeah. yeah. All right, what was your favourite thing from today, then? We had the crispy ramen snack... We had the uh, bones, we had that drink, and we had the, the bag bones. Of, yeah, the, the, the banshee, banshee bones. bones, yeah. Oh, they're bones. I only yeah. put that together now. Oh, well, there we go. We're all learning something. Well, banshees are an undead thing that is like a ghost. They don't have any bones. How could they get them in the packet? I mean, mate, monster munch. Should we go well, into Well, no, that's the... actual bits of monster, isn't it? No, it's meant to be the... Well, their hands. No, it's not. And their feet. It's not. It's, it's meant to be a little monster. 
No, it's their feet. It's not. It's their hands. It is not. It's their hands and feet. It's not. I it's thought that as well. But on the episode we did about Monster Munch, we discovered they were designed to be little monster shapes. I still prefer that that um, Scandinavian sports cola. Yes, me, that, that was, was very better. nice. But I mean, that's great. If I see more of that, I might really? grab a few bottles of Thumb Up. I just think, yeah, it's gonna. It's it's nice. It's softer than Coke, you know? Yeah. It's still fizzy. And it's it's got a less of a, a chemical aftertaste than Pepsi, I'd say. Yeah, no, it definitely has that. It's a I, warmer finish. I like it. I think my favourite things are that Coke and the crispy ramen snack, the tonkotsu. Yeah, I think I'd have to concur. Oh, well, what but they're lovely, all good. Unusual selection of cheap eats I think this should, week. I think you should eat some of those chip sticks with ketchup on. No. Because that's what people actually support us to do. Did we, you do we, it? Yes, I did. Good. That's fifty percent of the remit. Well, it's not, but committed. it's not hundred percent, is it, Paul? No, but you can't always hit hundred percent. And why should you aim for hundred percent? You every should time? aim for it. Well, yeah, you, but it's I not think even. I it's not today with Panty Man, and that me, I can tap out mentally now with that. So <laughs> you mentally tapped out way before we started May, recording today. M- yesterday, I think I mentally tapped out. You this just week. mentally tap out all the time. I'm mentally tapping you out know, now. <laughs> Do you know what your your wrestler name would be? Mental tap out, and then no. he's oh, he's doing his signature move where he just zones out the yeah. corner of the fucking ring and goes, uh, and then the other guy comes in because you've tapped out, yeah. Cupcake McGee, no, this is me. I've I have now <laughs> tapped out. This is the segment of the show where my brain put the shutters down, Ooh, flum, 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 and that's top. what you've got left, ladies and gentlemen. When Eli's left alone to his own devices, he just jumps up and down on the spot and goes, Flumpty, flumpty, flump. I'm Cupcake McGee. I give this podcast about one more year. We'll see you after the segment for vinyl platters. After this segment, the break, you mean? Yes, <laughs> go on then, press the button, flumpty, flumpty, flump. Oh, it don't matter. Oh, it don't matter unless you're listening to Silverman's Platter. Yes, it's Silverman Platters, everybody. Uh, it's the part of the show where we talk about records. Mm. Records we've picked up. A lot of novelty, comedy records, obscurities, and such like. Ephemera. And audio ephemera. Audio ephemera on the vinyl format. And and we've got three dingers of shit today oh, for you. Wow. Ooh, wow. I mean, it, it's fascinating in many respects how, how they're... So specifically, differently awful in each case. They are all three points of the spectrum of utter shit. So I'm going to tell you in my ranking and the order we're going to approach them in today, because the worst one is Jimmy Jones, Jimmy, which Jimmy we're going to have to get to, because that's got the most teeth to it, that single. And then we've got a track beforehand from a band called Smash. Are they? Which or is, are they called Shite? No, they're called Smash. They were called, we'll get into it. And then we've got... Kids International, a song so rare and so obscure, even Discogs isn't sure it's a thing. No one knows this is a thing. There's no YouTube comments. There's no Wikipedia. There's nothing on this. This is one of the rarest platters. Well, it's it, not even rare, but just like oblique. Obscure. Obscure. Oblique isn't what you were looking What's for. What's oblique mean? thought oblique was fine. Oblique is when an angle is not acute. It's when it's over 360 degrees. Angle. Over 180 degrees, an oblique angle. Oblique. Over 90 degrees. Neither parallel nor at right angles, slanting, or not expressed in a direct way, or it's another term for slash. Yes, so... An oblique muscle. It is the obliques and abdomens which create the well-trained look. I want obliques. Yeah, well, (laughs) nothing to do with this record, though. We can both agree. Well, the word you were looking for was obscure. 
I'm going to commit to a bleak. I'm going now, to redefine it. But it does look from this Kids International. I'm looking at the cover now. It looks like they're on TV or something. The set that they're all standing in. That could be Wogan for all we know. It looks like a TV studio, doesn't it, that they're in? Yeah. yeah. So I think we should start with that one today. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm just gonna, we're going to play it, then talk about it. This is Kids International with You Promised Me. Oh, God. You promised me. Right, so the story of the song is um, it's Christmas and Father Christmas apparently has promised mm. the singer of the song, a child, yeah. that they would meet them underneath the Christmas tree. But then they didn't. No. So this person has been let down by Father Christmas. Well, the, all the children in the song were let down at once by Father Christmas he who didn't promised to them. be there. He didn't meet and them. he under- wasn't there. He wasn't there. Because he doesn't exist, He doesn't does exist, he? no. Because um, your parents lied to you. But is that what this song... I, I don't understand. At what stage... Who is this song for, is what I'm saying, Paul? Is it for the parents who understand? Of course he didn't meet you there, because it's it's the dad. Or is it for kids who still... Who actually... You know, what's the message? Is the message... The, the problem is, I don't know what the point of Kids International is. Because on the Discogs, do you know what genre they're listed as? Children's record. No. Children's choir. No. Novelty. No. Shall I just tell you? Christmas? No. Pop? No. Granddad? Granddad, no. we love you. There's no granddad music genre. It is that, though, essentially. That's what started this all off, yeah. isn't it? That no. record. The song, the genre of Kids International, is reggae. Because their first single is not this. It's a reggae single. It's a song called... Hang on, let me just bring up the page again. Because the only thing I can find on them is on Discogs. And that only gives you yeah. the records and the singles and the releases. And they released a song in 1982 called Reggae Around the World. Aha. Uh-huh. The funny thing is, though... This is from the year before. So, yeah, so this came out first, sorry. Yeah. Reggae Around the World. But look, the cover for that single, Reggae Around the World, is the exact, almost the exact same as the one you're holding there. It's but the same fo- same photograph, yes. Of them, them standing in the studio. on a TV studio. Yeah. They're all uh, in blue. Some of them are... Oh, wait, it says here on the single, as featured on the Les Dawson show on BBC One. Les Dawson! But that's it. And the B-side was If I Had a Hammer and Danny Boy. However, this is where I get confused. This is released on Magnet. And then they released a version of it for Brazil in 82, which had Reggae Around the World and You Promised Me. Ah, those are their two big numbers. That's the only two. There's no album. Country UK, but that other version was released in Brazil. I don't get it. Um, I've never known. This is one of the few songs that has such, like, little footprints. They must have formed... And then, you know, must have been some kind of Svengali figure who got them all together. And then they were on TV. They tried to sell some singles. It wasn't, didn't work. But it was very much a trope of novelty records since Clive Dunn's that granddad. Whole, yeah, that whole period. Which had the like, choir from a school on, right? Yeah. Mm. And all that other shit, like 
like the Orville song, anything that involved kids singing along to the chorus. And there was a whole fad of like schools putting out records. Do you remember we covered it on on yeah, Silverman's Platter before this? that that record in from a Scottish school was it Scottish high school? Yeah, that was a, a, a Green Cross Code kind of traffic crossing the road thing, wasn't it? Something like that. But then there wasn't. But there's loads of them. That the guy who sang about um, Saturday's morning cereal cinema and the kids all singing on with that. There was something about the need, the desperate need to get a children's song choir singing your chorus. Yes, and this is the ultimate example of this. And you're right. Who's it for? It's for like nans to listen to to remind themselves that the pop charts aren't unfriendly, scary places. I mean, it's weird. It, there's some. I suppose there was some sort of novelty to it. People would think, oh, it's children singing. Perhaps the the idea of children singing sort of just has general appeal or did in society at that time. But there's, that's but it. But when that's I mean right. who's it for, I mean you promised me who's that for, that song. Because it's saying, fucking Santa, you said you'd be under the Christmas tree, you weren't there. Is that for the parents? Is it for the kids? It seems to be suggesting he doesn't exist. Is it for slightly older kids who realise Santa doesn't exist but still want to play along because it makes mum and dad happy? Or, you know. Uh... And it also, it's, it's, it's apparently a Christmas song then, right? Well, it is a Christmas song. It mentions Father Christmas, yes. But it's a Christmas song where your message is Christmas is a, is, is a painful... I was let down. ...sad experience. Yeah. I thought it was a charity single. I thought it was something like to raise money for a charity about kids who can't celebrate Christmas or whatever because of poverty or whatever. Yeah, it but... must be something like that. There must be some charity Wait, uh, what's... associated with it. So it says genre, reggae, because whatever. But then what is... It says style, junkanoo. What is Junkanoo? How is that spelled? Junk a new N double O. Junkanoo. Junkanoo. I'm gonna click on it. It was most popular in the 70s, Junkanoo, apparently. It started in the 50s and had a revival in the 90s, according to Discogs. But that's going off on a tangent. I just don't know what Junkanoo is as a genre. Junkanoo, all one word. Yeah. It's from Jamaica, Belize, and the Bahamas. A masquerade held at Christmas. Consisting of street procession of characters in traditional costumes and dancing to drums, bells and whistles. It's like a Christmas Mardi Gras thing. Fair, because that is a Christmas song. Caribbean. Okay, fair enough. It doesn't seem to have any of that Mardi Gras vibe. That doesn't have any sort of carnival vibe to the the track. No. No, I was going to say the track seems... It's overproduced, sickly sweet, the instrumentation, and... Um, it seems cynically put together. And it seems cynically put together. And also, it doesn't, like, some of the other children's choir records we've heard have a sort of charm because they're so amateurish and the yeah. kids can't sing. Yeah. But this, the singers feel like they've been properly tutored, you know? It has that kind of a slickness, yeah. especially to the soloist singers. Well, if you're listening to this and you were part of Kids International, please do get in touch and tell us what the fuck it was like to be in that band, what happened, and how was Les Dawson? Probably quite a nice man. Probably quite a nice man. Quite I like nice to imagine. Man. He was a very funny, man. He probably said two words to them. All right, thanks for coming in, kids. Thank yeah. you. Um, are we going to let play some of this? We played it at the beginning. Oh, right. Right, so platter or splatter? Ooh, it's a splatter. Gonna, should we say splatter together? Okay. One, two, three. Splatter. splatter. Yeah, Thank it's a big old splatter. That's terrible. And now we move on to our second choice today, which is uh, Smash. With A star L star L star Y star C. Most governments, institutions, religions, weapons of war and general stupid mistakes were made by a man. I was made by a woman. Why 
What's that smell you're wearing? It sticks like glue to me. Is it the product of a perfumery designed by a pharmacist so that I just can't resist? Integrity. Money. Necessity. And my ambition, my ambition is to get some recognition for my band and its ideals without So, a little bit of background, Smash, and normally typeset as S star M star A star S star H. Indeed, like Robert Altman's Smash. Yes, which I presume is the witty thing they're going for with that one. Mm. Um, they're an English punk rock trio who enjoyed brief notoriety in the 1990s in the UK. They formed. They were formed by three guys, Ed Borry, Salvatore Alessi, and Bob Haig. They met in the 80s. They started a band called GLC. Their sound is reminiscent of late 70s, early 80s punk and new wave bands. They end up getting involved with the new wave of new wave, along with bands such as Echo Belly, Sleeper, Compulsion, These Animal Men. Ah. You can almost hear a bit of that proto-blur, proto-suede kind you, of in there. You sort of can, but... But ooh. the thing is, with suede and blur and stuff, they had hooks and melodies and riffs. There's no and hooks. There's nothing here. The band's second single. So, okay, so here's the complicated thing. When we were looking into this single, there was almost nothing on it. And I was like, oh, it's like Kids International. There's nothing in the existence of this. Now, apparently, that song, A-L-L-C, Ali G, whatever, basically, is called, <laughs> is a remake... Ali C. Of a song they did. So this came off an album. The album was called, uh, oh Christ, the album was called Self Abuse, I think it was called. They're, oh, well, that's funny because they, they do say the word masturbation in this song. Well, there's a lot of things going on in this. Um, the album was called, yes, there's the discography, studio album, Self Abused, right? What they did was release, you know, 12 tracks, A, B, but then they also released CD. And the CD is that single. Ah. Is that common practice to release an album and a single at the same time? Well, often you would, um, if you were really confident about, you know, your singles, you wouldn't put them on the, on the album. For example, September. But they released By Earth, a... Wind and Fire. Yeah. Just a single. It wasn't on any LP. Oh, really? Yeah. He's Apart just from like... Best Ops and shit like that that yeah. came later, but fine. Yes. Because he, he knew, Morris White knew he had an absolute super smash. What's the point? You just put it out. It's going to be a smash. Yeah, true. But the um, thing is, like, I was reading like various little articles on this because like, there was an NME review of this single as well because this came out in '94, and I don't know if the article's being sarking with it being NME. It's you know, I don't. Wanna, I mean, look, it's easy to like rip on NME, but fuck me, what a load of fucking cunts wrote for that magazine. <laughs> it's just write a review instead of fucking disappearing like your own arse of like well, amusing kind of asides and fucking whatever. They were meant to be edgy, weren't they? Fuck of. off. In, in retrospect, in the rear view mirror, it just comes across as fucking boring pseudo-intellectual claptrap. Very much like the, the person singing on this record. Yeah, well, this mm. is the thing. It's like the song itself is kind of like, well, okay, what I'm getting to is that song is a remake of a single that came before the album. And the song is called, and it was meant to be a tribute to feminism, in case you didn't pick that up in the song. Oh. Uh, the, late, the song was originally called Lady Love Your Cunt. I see. Lady Love Your Cunt. I see. Lady Love Your Cunt. I see. It's not a character called Lady Love Your Cunt. <laughs> I Would mean... you like to see it? Etc, 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 etc. Well, you know, it's a kind of 
fine. I mean, uh, is that a big issue for feminists? Women not not liking their own? It's because I mean, the, most of the views I read of this said either they're being purposely, oh, what's the word? Like, pretentious. No, they're being pretentious because like, there's that line in it, isn't there? Where he says, influenced by a man, but I was born of woman. Yes. And I respect women. It women all has but this... we're subjugated by man. And it feels heavy handed. It and feels on the pretentious, nose. heavy-handed. And another word I'll put it out there, Paul. Yeah. Adolescent. But they're saying... A-level. Is that the point? Is that the Ooh, joke? it's painful. It's painful. Some of the... It just doesn't come across. No, it doesn't feel like a, a pastiche or a satire no. of adolescent poetry. It feels like adolescent poetry. Like sixth form sort of right on. So there's this painful, yes, right on sort of pro-feminist which is fucking you know fine i just like to say i don't like i'm not you know oh dear but uh, <laughs> but um but also it has that but then it says at the end the vicar comes on your tits or something like yeah, that there was that whole i was like we kind of zoned out listening to it going oh god because this is like an acoustic version of the original track which is much more filled out with instruments but this is even so paul this is painfully unmusic unmusical you know, oh, I found that. I found that single. Uh, I found that review now. Uh, yeah, smash self abuse. Fifty minutes. Blah 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 blah. There's a line in it. It talks about this song specifically in the review. I just want to find it. Bear okay. with the much trumpeted "Lady Love Your Cunt" reproduced here acoustically as Ali C on the CD. It's not even mentioned. Blah 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 blah. blah. This is the line they talk about in the review. Most governments make stupid mistakes. We are made by man. I was made by woman. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just. And then at the end of the review, it goes, "You know, the Jam and the Clash made a few patchy albums at the beginning too." It's like, yeah, but... yeah, but that no, there's a real lack of any hooks, like you say. But also, it's just painful to hear. It's it's tuneless. Would you agree? Yeah, it's, it's tuneless. It, it feels very kind pretentious, of... tuneless, like the kind of fucking grumpy cunt you'd meet at parties who thought with a fucking jumper on, who thought they were so cool. Yeah. And wouldn't and would basically look down their nose at you because you you know, because you weren't punk enough or whatever. Well they you were know, Paul? Three Jumper guys. wearing party cunt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's got the, that vibe, it's, doesn't it's, it? It's that reputation that Britpop had that was only ever so occasionally true and mostly in bands like this. Um they were made in Welling Garden City, which I believe is just south of uh, Cambridge. Yeah, uh, it's East Anglia. It's they uh, appeared on the cover of NME. No, it's Hertfordshire, beg your pardon. Welling Garden is the one down from Letchworth where I went to boarding school and famously had a relationship uh, with the swimming pool. But it, this album, Smash, got a, a pos, big posh re-release recently, reprinted on LB. Demon Music Group reprinted it. Well, I've, I wonder if that's to do with the, it being very redolent of the era that it's from, you know, not yeah. for me. And maybe they had better songs because it, it, it sounds from the B-side. Now, are we going to mention the B-side? Oh, yeah, let's do it now. The B-side was called Train Spotter, and it just seems to be them riffing. No, it's there. Someone pressed record at a fucking jam or rehearsal. Yeah, even. rehearsal or something. Because they go one, two, and they go, and it cuts out, and you can hear them all sort of going, eh, you know, and you can they're hear the jamming. Fuzz of the cables it's being the least, plugged in. It's the, one of the laziest, and we've had some lazy B-sides on this show if before, ever, Paul. If ever there was a. What do you mean I gotta do a B side? It's this, isn't it? Yeah, it's oh fuck it, I've got this tape of the last jam, just put that on. You know what it feels like? It feels like the single Lady Love Your Cunt couldn't be put on the album. So they didn't put it on the album. They made a single out of it and then realised what well, we're gonna put on the other side of that single. We've got literally fucking nothing. It's terrible ter- really again, just tuneless. And it's not even got any kind of punk energy. No, but to I mean, through, to be of. fair, we haven't heard the rest of the album. We don't know what the rest of it okay, sounds like. Fine, but he... based on this one track, we're judging them. 
and we are judging them harshly. On the A side, he pissed me off with his pretentious adolescent right on bullshit. And then sort of judges spunking on women's tits, and then which it's, is just... Okay, well, that per- I perked up when he said that, basically. I mean, we all perked up, because one minute we're kind of zoning out to the whole weird... <laughs> Over overdone feminist support thing, and then it all of a sudden, like, spot God tits, and we were like, oh, like meerkats out the ground. What? <laughs> well, come on, he says, come on, come on, your tits. And then the he says about masturbation as well. Yeah, he says like the word whole... masturbation. The other thing to mention, Paul, is it says smash on this one side, and then shite on the B side in when the same were... font as what smash is written on the on the A side, which is. Properly accurate of what is on the B side is a load of shite. Funnily enough, though, the reason why they're called shite is because when they were touring proper quote unquote gigs, so they toured a lot, they would do smaller gigs and call themselves shite to do more twiddly bullshit nonsense. They're still Uh, going in some respects. Some of them joined other bands. One of them supported My Life Story, which in itself is like My Life Story being supported by the guy from Smash is like the zedest list of bit prop <laughs> memorabilia you right. can fucking possibly yeah. imagine. These are like uh, three or four rungs below Shed 7 sort of thing. It's like when yeah? you see like those American garage pop bands called, you know, like Firesaw X15, and you think, yeah, what was your big hit? No one fucking remembers. It's got yeah. number 14 in 1997 yeah. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff. Now, Platter or splatter? One, two, three, splatter! splatter! Thank you. Well, we're on to our last... Look, spoiler warning... All three of these are splatters, <laughs> right? Unanimously and across this, the board. This is where we have to make a choice now. Because we're going to play the A side. I'm going to play the A side now. Only and we're going to have to... T- well, yeah, we're going to play a little bit. But then we're going to have to touch on the B side. But when we get to that, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to play from that. No, the A side is, is, oh, the, sorry, yeah, the, is B the problematic side. bit. <coughs> no, the B side's the comedy version. No. Isn't it? No. What well, the A side is the comedy. Well, he's known version. as a comic, isn't he? Here we go. Look, I'll sh- I'll point it out to you. Yeah, let's a, tell, let's tell what the track is. Go on. This is Jimmy Jones, famous racist bullshit comedian cunt. Stand up. No, you can sit down now. Oh, right, Mentor of Jim Davidson. Yeah. Where Jim the, Davidson got the, Gan- a lot- the Gandalf to Davidson's Hobbit. <laughs> um, and this is the Chris Christopherson tune. Help me make it through the night. And as you can see, the A side, it has in brackets comedy version. Right. And on the B side, it just says vocal version. <sighs> where, well, where he's doing a straight rendition on the, on, the, on the flip. Help me get me through this track. <laughs> Play a bit. Take the ribbon from your Shake it loose and let it fall Lay it soft against my skin Like the shadows on the wall Come and lay down by my side Till the early morning light All I'm asking is your time To help me make it through the night I don't care what So that is the <sighs> bare-bones B-side Chris Christopherson whiny lounge singer filling a gap between stand-up routines segment of the show. <sighs> 
song. I think he did a lot of numbers. Did Jim Jim Davidson does songs? He as well. also had a few songs released at this time. Yeah, sub pub rock, Chaz Dave type shit. Oh, it's not even that. It's it's just no crooning. Jim, Jim Davidson oh, was doing. This that. is more sort of a well, he's doing a, t- a Tom Jones. It's isn't cruise it? ship. It's cruise but ship, as you yeah. were saying, this is a well-known song covered by many, many, many artists. And many, many, including, I think, the, the the version that's best known to me is Gladys Knight in the Pips, which is just because she's yeah. such a great singer, is is heartbreaking. She she gives it a heartbreaking little lilt. Um, but Chris Christopherson, great songwriter. Um, but everyone did this. Tom Jones had a hit with it. And that's what he's basing this on. So he does two... And sep- Sammy Smith was the other big artist who had a hit, who had a bigger hit with it than Chris Christopherson did. Okay. So that's the version, right? Chris Christopherson, well-regarded artist, country singer, blah, blah, blah. Very popular song. Obviously covered a lot because of how well... I mean, I don't remember it. Frankly, what did you... You've just played the B-side, is that right? I've played the B-side okay. just now. The vocal. I'm easing them into okay. the horror that's about to come, and I don't quite know how we get through it because part of me is like, when it comes to this kind of material, part of me is like, we should play it for context and show you what we hear. But the other part is I don't want to propagate that kind of fucking racist bullshit on our podcast. No, I think we've, no, look, we're talk, we're, we're, we're showing for what it is. Lazy, terrible, uh, racist comedy that thankfully doesn't exist to the same extent that it I mean, did in the it's, 70s. It's crazy how many people have covered this. Loretta Lynn, Tammy Wynette, Glenn Campbell, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis Presley, Mariah Carey, yeah. Tina Turner, Ray Stevens, Willie Nelson, Tina Turner, Olivia Newton-John, Engelbert Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Gladys Knight and the Pips, John Holt, Mickey Bubbles. John Holt is the reggae version. Is the reggae version. And then the, the Muppets, the, Chris Robinson did it with the Muppets and oh, the Muppet amazing. Show with Miss Piggy. Um, it was in a few films, like it was featured in The Ice Storm. It must uh, be Chris Christopherson's most famous tune then. I mean, I'd, honestly, to me, I've never seen him as a musical artist because I know he did A Star Is Born with Streisand and yes. that whole led to that. But in terms of his music, I'm more of him, I know more from like Blade and shit like as that. As an actor, yeah. yeah. No, he's uh, he's great. He's a great songwriter in that sort of fair play. That sort I... of mainstream country tradition. Um, and this is a fine track. It's definitely because you said to me before we started recording today, Paul, that you often see that Christopherson LP in the all charity shops. All the time. Definitely worth picking up. It really yeah. is a great record. Mm-hmm. Lovely record. We'll see. Um, so anyway, <sighs> that's that, right? That's that. But Jimmy Jones is not known for being a heartfelt ballad meister. No. He is known for being a big fucking racist piece of shit. So let's have a bit of that. Oh, what do we pick, though, of this part of the song? Because we need to preface it, right? So in this, in the UK, there's loads of comedians, left wing, right wing, right wing. The right wing ones tend to punch down a hell of a lot. <laughs> you know? In this era... Because all that comedy All the way was, into the 80s, essentially. Because they got their humour from the other, right? Because they were appearing... They were performing to, like, white audiences... But during the time of their success, the culture landscape of Britain was changing. More Indian families, more black families, like Windrush and all these kind of things yeah. like that coming into the country. And what they were doing was they were talking to white audiences going, what the fuck's Darkie all about? What the fuck's that yeah, yeah, guy yeah. all about? And like breeding that and like observational comedy about yeah. their races, you know, about their black friends who are, they can be racist about because they're my black friends. Because they're my friends. It's all those, it's like all those photos of, um, you know, what's he called? The, the northern one. Fucking disgrace, Bernard Manning in a, in his local Indian restaurant. Yeah, you know they just can't count and they wheel it out to show you know because they go to the fucking curry house that they're not you know yeah huge races. Yeah, it's interesting how all of those things came to a head when you start getting the alternative and it was a backlash 
in the 80s, the alternative stand-up and comedy strong scene reaction was a it. very strong backlash, which which shows well, it was. It was terrible, wasn't it? And that's just... It's, the it's thing is, heinous. though, that hasn't changed. When people say woke this and cancel culture that, it's like, no. Do you know how well Jim Davidson sells his tickets still for his shows? Yeah. Do you know, like, Jimmy, all these comedians are still going from that era? He's dead, Jimmy Jones, though, I mean, right? no, I know, but I'm saying comedians from that era are still going in some respects and still doing, like, like clubs and cruises and Spanish holiday The things. end of peers. It's like, that fucking audience is still there for this material. It's not going away. It's just not marketable. It's the difference. It's not marketable now, and that's what they don't like. They don't like the fact that they're not making the money they used to back in the heyday with it's their material. It's not mainstream, thank God, anymore. No. You know, and it's not... If anything, you could probably say it's alternative comedy. <laughs> you know the what alternative, I mean? If the alternative is... To taste the morals, yes. Brexit voting gammon cunt from yeah. like some... Fu- who lives... Bald-headed, yeah. hot-necked, fucking fat cunt <laughs> who wants everything to be just like his fucking online profile yeah. on Twitter where he says he's a truth teller yeah. and tells it like it anyway, is. Anyway, let's not get too political, but um, are you going to play a bit of it? Yeah, I'm trying to put it off. But look, here's the version of the same song, but what you've got to remember is Jimmy Jones had characters and Jim Davison was known for doing his chalky voice. Which was a very broad, racist uh, Is it Jamaican? Yes. Yeah, it's Jamaican Caribbean Patois yeah. kind of thing. But the thing is, he stole that from Jimmy Jones. But it didn't matter back then, because they could be in different parts of the country doing practically the same act and voices, and everyone would still go, oh yeah, I get that racist reference. Yes. It's only when TV and live videos came out that you start to realise there was a little bit of fucking overlap in terms of that. I mean... Did he steal it or did he use it with permission? Because they were, like you say, he, you know, Jones, well, no. they used to work together and he, he mentored him to a certain extent. I think degree. it's a shorthand for that type of black person. You know what I yeah, mean? It's, yeah, it's awful. But he also does a terrible Welsh accent on this. And Tom, that's meant to be a Tom Jones thing. Tom it? Jones, I imagine, had the bigger hit with this in the UK, maybe. And that's why he's riffing on that. And that when he's singing it, he's doing it in a what Tom Jones voice. What year is that? 78. So, yeah, this is part of the course for 78. So, listen, look, with all that being said, we're going to play a short clip of this now. <laughs> the same song, but now filled it's the with... the comedy version. Delightfully racist characters. So we apologise in advance. I don't know if you want to call this a trigger warning so much as a fucking horrible human being being a cunt version of this, which appealed to, guess what? Probably your favourite uncle. So <laughs> just... let's, let's, let's listen to that. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the land of song to do a beautiful record for you. We hope you like the way that we've done it. It sounds like this. Yesterday is dead and gone. Now, the fact that yesterday is dead and gone, it means tomorrow will be dead and gone, which will make tomorrow yesterday the day after tomorrow, and the day after that will be two days away from the day it is tomorrow. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Well, if you do, will you drop us a line and tell us exactly what you think? But here's a little fella that's going to help us understand it, and we hope you like him. He sounds like this. Oh, God. It's awful. So fucking bad. The so only, the best apologies thing about for this, that. 
the best thing about this is the design of the sleeve, which has Jimmy Jones's terrible gurning face repeated four times on each corner. And his own little logo of his name. I mean, the label itself is Psycho is actually a nice little looking label. Yes, I like, I like the nice. design of this record, but that is where it ends. All I can tell you is that Psycho Records Limited is the name of the company, founded in 1978, based in, in, in London. So, you know, there's that. Seems like they were founded just to put this out. So, no, they, they released a lot of stuff. They released... Do you know any of these bands? The Majors, the Foundations. Foundations? Ma- yeah, they released a Now song. that I've found you, I can't let you go. That's oh, the Foundations. Closer to Loving You and Change My Life was released. The Foundations were still going. That was like at least... Build Me Up, Build Buttercup is the Foundations oh, as well. Oh, yeah. One of the first um, uh, multiracial UK groups, the Foundations. Okay, so they have those. Mac Kissoon. No. Uh, the Incredible Kidder Band. No. The Platters. The Platters are extremely famous. Okay. Uh, there's a song there called Reborn from them. But they kept going. The Platters did, they did um, Under the Boardwalk or whatever, didn't they? Was that the Spinners? No, I don't know. It's one know. of those. Uh, they also no, is the Platters. I'm they sure. also did um, Bob Marley and the Whalers in the beginning, ah. which sounds like it's maybe a best of album or something. The Killer. Oh, no, I've got that in the beginning. I've got two copies of that. Yeah. It's not a best of. It's sort of like early. It's a like compilation a lost tapes kind of thing. It's a compilation of his early stuff produced by Lee Perry. Right. And it's it's better because it's much more when it was sort of more uh, scar and it hasn't got that. You know, because that things like Exodus um, and those later Bob Marley albums, they kind of the Island Records kind of and Chris Blackwell sort of try to make it make his music. Um, palatable to like rock fans and it worked because oh, okay. he became a huge but that early stuff's much more sort of vital um the stuff that's on in the beginning and sort of scar it's oh. scar and rock steady rather than sort of just reggae right know? well there you go they did that the kilometers the plague the kilometers a... yeah oh, isn't that funny because my friend uh what? was in a meters cover band really not meters 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 kilometers you know the meters oh, you heard of the meters yeah which were a new orleans funk group yeah uh, very famous All right. in those circles. Great. The Meters is great. And then um, a band called Heavy Cochrane, who had two songs released, two uh, two singles. I've Got Big Balls, and then the B-side was called, well, Fairly Big. And then they had uh, another single called I've Got a Little Prick of Conscience, with the B-side called, it's 12 inches long, but I don't use it as a rule. All their records are about bollocks and cocks. Have we covered I've Got a Little Prick of no, Conscience? I'd love to cover those. I thought that's come up recently. That oh, I'd love con- to cover those records. Keep like, your eye open. It's definitely one of those songs where it's like, I've got a little prick of conscience. Yeah, it's one of those ones, yeah. You'll suck my ball. Yeah. Bearings in the bag uh, or yeah. whatever. Either way, that's that. And Jimmy James Jones. Jimmy Jones is, I mean, Jimmy James might be quite nice. I don't know. But Jimmy Jones, what a rancid fucking cunt to tie a nice little shitty bow on these records. Fat, talentless racist. But anyway. But don't worry. If you miss it, Jim Davison's still on tour now. <laughs> with his alternative comedy, real comedy, real, real comedy. Do we need No to- old barred comedy. Jim Davidson. A man so brave and, and, and so fucking boundary-breaking that he didn't have the balls to perform uh, for a front row full of disabled people came to see him in wheelchairs and so he refused to go on stage. He refused. He refused to go on stage because he's a gutless, chinless, fucking cum stain of a human being. Paul, absolutely heavy cockroach. You know what? Rancid sack of fucking infected ball bags. Do you know what the heavy cockroach is a re- reference to? No. Eddie Cochran, rock and roll uh, legend, who did, come on everybody, and that's come, on come, come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Which um, 
Jive Bunny famously yeah, famously did. sampled for Spring the It all the comes mood. full circle around does, here, doesn't it? it does. I don't know how... No, not really, because we didn't start with I've brought Jive it Bunny. Full, I've brought it full circle, back uh, no, to Jive uh, Bunny. But we haven't started. We didn't do Jive Bunny Jive Bunny. Dum, dum, dum. I think we did Jive Bunny like five <laughs> years, I thought. Yeah, we go. brought it round circle. It's a big circle. Right, well, they're going to bring it round to... I, don't know, I uh, would love... No, on a, just on one final point. Wanky Monkey Hand. Wanky I Monkey brought Hand. It round. You brought it round there. Now... I would like to get hold of those heavy Cochrane singles, though. No, right, we'll Both keep an eye out of those yeah, in please. the future. Yes, because we need next week. Next time we do this, we need a nice palette. Some, I hope, can we play some mo- some instrumental Moog on the next time we do it? Because yeah. I've got that that Wobulator Rock one by Paddy Kingston. We, do some, we haven't done Moog in a while, properly. Yeah. But let's get some nice Moog back. Get in some the Moog system. back into the show. Get some nice. Lovely yeah, I mean, that Moog. is toxic. Kids International is it's so sickly and ugh, yeah, and that smash thing's just like fucking. It's like being at a party when you're a student, wasn't it? And like you know, you didn't. And wanna... Someone picks up the guitar, yeah. and then starts going and starts going to all his female friends. I've written a song about but how really women are like, you. you know, brilliant, really you know. And then it's uh, like it has that vibe of someone trying to get laid by sort of trying to be feminist. Doesn't it really it? is it? Fucking awful. Unfortunately, though, he does blow it by saying, "Oh, judge spunks on your tits," <laughs> which you know, to be fair, could have been written a bit more succinctly or. Or certainly more Come obli- on your tits is what Certainly more obliquely, at least. Oh, shut up. <laughs> See, I just brought it you back round. you yeah, right. round here. Right, it's a splatter. Splatter, 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 splatter. 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 Three-pronged splatter effect. fucking splat out of here. <laughs> yeah, fuck this. Oh, that's the end of the show. And you know what? You know what the weird thing is? I'm actually in the mood to do the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, but finally. I think it was all that rage about Jimmy Jones got my piss boiled. Yeah. Yes, now I'm... F- Christy. Okay, good. Should we do it again then? Do yeah, the whole thing again. Right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cheap Show. It's the comedy comedy podcast with Eli and I for the bargain bins, charity shops and Powerlands of Great Britain. And we pull out the treasure amongst that trash this week on the show. One thing, Paul. Yeah. One thing before you start. Yeah. Do you know who I am? No, I don't <laughs> know who you are. Me, I'm the panty man. <laughs> it's the panty man. Hey, he's come back. Hello, everybody. Do you have a good fun in my room? I sniffed your boxes. Oh, did you get any nuggets, morsels? Well, let's just say I got a little sample to take home to my little sock drawer. You am the panty man. I'm the panty man. Right, so um, first of all, guess what? Would you like to see me and Eli live? Would you like to see me and Eli live as part of a great big night of fun entertainment at the Harrow Arts Centre at the end of July? Why don't you come and see Digitizer Live? It's taking place at the end of July, Friday night, Saturday night as well. Two nights, two different types of shows, and I've heard what's going on on each night. It's going to be fucking mint. I'm only on the uh, on the Saturday, though. Good, because you're going to miss out on all the cool stuff on Friday. Friday night's where all the cool kids come. Really? Saturday well, night's like the big show. As Biffo said to me, he only but, wants me on the Saturday. Yeah, because Friday night's for cool kids, and you're not... You know, the I'm, cool kids. I'm not the cool kids. No. All jokes aside, <laughs> the Digitizer Live Spectacular is happening uh, on the Friday the 28th and Saturday the 29th. And not just the live shows, there's also events throughout the day. Support Digitizer 30 years. And seriously, it's going to be a lot of, lot of fun. Big names, Suze is going to be there, Ashens, you know, all of them. Ash Frith, Ethan Lawrence, you know, it's all going to be fun and games. So come along. Uh, tickets are on sale. I'm going to put a link on our website, thecheapshow.co.uk. And in fact, go to thecheapshow.co.uk for everything. Because on our website, there are links to social media, YouTube, Patreon, episode guides for each episode with pictures and sometimes videos. It's all there, thecheapshow.co.uk. But if you want to support us on Patreon and you'd like to do that, go to patreon.com forward slash cheap show. And remember, give what you can, but only if you can. Don't if you can't. 
Thanks, everyone who supports us on Patreon. Yes, and we're still uh, cracking out the uh, this month's content for Patreon, wheedling it out. We put the video up last week of our walk, a companion video to episode 338. Stanmore Country Park. Yeah, lovely that? day out. Um, hopefully the weather holds out. There'll be more walkabout episodes over the summer. I don't know, Paul. The weather today is just really horrible. I hate it when it's just sticky. It's, Not it's, even it's, sunny. It's, it's just sticky. It's, it's like globulous weather. I just I feel unclean. Yeah. As soon as you come out of the shower, it doesn't matter how much you scrub, no, the filth stays. Sticky. The sticky filth stays. Sticky. It makes it's you like feel... Being, it's like someone's licked you. It's bad for your mental health. Yeah. See you next week, everyone. <laughs> what Bye. about my Twitter handle? Oh, yeah, the Twitter handle. At the Cheap Show Pod. I'm at Paul Gannon Show. I'm Eli Snoyd. And you spell that E-L-I-S-N-O-I-D. Thanks, everybody. And I can't wait for years from now when Twitter collapses, making these segments of the show absolutely pointless. But until then, let's hold on, because the ride's getting bumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.